Hey everybody and welcome to Breaking Biotech, another episode of everyone's favorite trading related podcast. My name is Matt and thanks a lot for joining me today. We're going to talk about diabetes because I uh, recently got interested in this company called uh, Zafgen or Zafgen, Zafgen I'm going to go with. And I'm also going to talk about an update on Tandem uh, Pharmaceuticals because they just got approval for their uh, newest for their newest pancreatic insulin pump um, closed loop system with the Dexcom G6. So that's very exciting for holders of that stock. But I'm going to talk mostly about Zafgen today because I got kind of just interested in them for um, for reasons that they're going to be presenting at the American Diabetes Association conference that's coming up. Uh, this week, and they they stumbled through some uh, tough moments in their company's history regarding uh, deaths from their previous uh, generation of drugs, and I think their new one has actually got some potential, and they actually just released something today uh, regarding an update on their Phase 2 data. So we're going to go through that, and just going to also give an update on my portfolio and go from there. So these guys are interested in... Uh, these MET-AP2 inhibitors. So these are a, a group of enzymes that were originally characterized for their usefulness in angiogenesis. So if you inhibited them, they would prevent angiogenesis in cancer, which is very important since tumors need to create their own blood supply. And if you could stop that, then you'd be able to kill the cut off the tumor's uh, source of nutrients. So that was a, a uh, concept that's been around for a while and this was a, a drug target that was interesting for that but these guys actually found that the if you inhibited MET-AP2 you would decrease obesity and decrease um, eating habits in people so it made sense for them to go ahead and look for screen for inhibitors that were useful here and use them for treatment in type 2 diabetes and obesity so they originally let me just pull up the chart here all right, so you can't see it that well. So the company's been around for a while, and they, they came up with this drug, this target for um, inhibition of MET-AP2 called Belorinib, and it worked quite well, and they saw good results in Phase 1, 2, and they were going through Phase 3, and then they started getting these deep vein thrombosis events and pulmonary embolisms, which are life-threatening. And in their, their trials, for they did trials in both prater willi syndrome and in type 2 diabetes obesity and what they found was that patients that took belanorib were more at risk for deep vein thrombosis and pulmonary embolism so they had a few patients die and that's what led to a big tumble in their stock in late 2015 so they were at around 40 and dropped down to about 15 and for the last couple of years they were they were hanging out around uh four four or five so that's uh, all due just to, to deaths in the trial, and they had to shut it down, and the FDA stopped them. So throughout this the last couple of years, they've been screening new drugs that were not going to be prone, make people prone to deep vein thrombosis. So they, they kind of figured out the, the mechanism on how these inhibitors were, were able to prevent clot degradation and prevent and promote clotting, which is very dangerous for, for people. Uh, especially in the the big veins of the leg, so they they discovered these new generation, we'll say, of MET AP two inhibitors, known as 
ZGN1061, and they have another one that they're focusing on for prater willi syndrome. But today I'm going to focus a little bit more on uh, 1061. So they found these this new generation of, of inhibitors, and now since going through phase one, they focused on clotting as a, as a safety um, as a safety thing that they're going to pay particular attention to, since they obviously didn't when they were doing their original first generation bolanarib trials. So uh, there's a huge opportunity here in in type two diabetes. They they talk here in their slides about all the people that are affected. And there's a lot of treatments out there for type 2 diabetes, but even with the current treatment regimen, there's still an unmet need. So uh, drugs like these that are independent of the traditional type insulin sensitizers would be very useful. And I don't think they actually know the, the mechanism of how this improves insulin sensitivity, but they, they're doing another trial that's in combination with a GLP-1 type drug, a long-acting GLP-1, which is known to improve uh, insulin secretion in the beta in pancreatic islets so it's uh they're they're looking to see whether or not combination of those two treatments is additive so so despite not knowing the actual mechanism there there might be some actual potential here during their their trials to see whether it's uh, it can be additive to current treatments to to improve diabetes so the the main uh, readout for them here is hemoglobin a1c which is a long-term marker of glucose in the blood and if you have very high glucose you're going to have higher hemoglobin a1c and if you improve your sugar then you can uh, reduce your amount of a1c so they look at that here in the in the trial and they also look at these d dimers which are important measure of potential clotting risk factors okay so what they found in their phase one trial with this this new generation of met AP2 inhibition is that they saw uh, safety was very good. They did, they saw some weight loss in these patients, even though they weren't necessarily um, obese. They did two types of phase one trials. And when they did their phase two, we've seen um, interim data that showed a decrease in A1C after eight and 12 weeks using the, the drug compared to placebo. So this is pretty encouraging. And the things that you worry about when you're looking at a new generation of drug that's already existed is if it doesn't come with the safety problems, is it still going to be effective? So it seems here that, in, at least in the interim data, that it was effective at reducing A1C. And when they also looked at safety, so these D-dimers, like I mentioned, they saw that in the, the high-dose group here, the 0.9 milligrams, uh, that it was no different than the placebo in terms of these D-dimer levels. So it looks like they're not going to have any problems with deep vein thrombosis. Of course, this is only a phase two trial and a larger phase three. It's going to be something that they pay attention to. So I think they're going to be more careful here. Okay, so before, so I didn't realize that they were going to actually uh, announce results like today. So when I was looking at their website this morning, um, they announced actually that they got uh, positive data on their phase two proof of concept with this. So they got all their primary objectives met in the 0 0.9 milligram dose of ZGN1061. So they saw that they got a significant decrease in A1C at uh, both eight and 12 weeks. They saw no significant, no serious um, adverse events, which is super important because you know, if they repeat the past, it's going to be devastating to their, their company. 
Um, so, so that's all really good. And they also are talking about uh, an effect in Nash. So I've been interested in Nash for a little while, and I talked a lot about um, the how. Uh, what's the company's name? I'm forgetting. Oh, Magical. So I talked a lot about Magical Pharmaceuticals and how I think their drug holds a lot of potential for the future. But these guys here are just doing another study um, to look at Nash, and they they showed that this combination therapy of Zygian. 1061 and liraglutide, which is a, a long-acting GLP-1 agonist, um, that that had an improvement in NASH. So that's kind of cute. It's nice to see that, obviously, just to see that there's no serious adverse events and that they were able to lower A1C is most important for me. Um, so this is great to see. I think I'm going to be curious to actually look at the poster that they're presenting, and we'll be able to see that. So this is the info on the poster session for um, the ADA scientific session this week in Orlando. So they have a few posters, which will be uh, interesting to see, or at least to see the, the abstract. So I uh, I bought in, oh yeah, so this is the, the deaths that I already talked about. So I, uh, I uh, posted a tweet on Twitter earlier in the week that I was taking a position after I, I noticed that they were gonna present some news this week, and then I, I doubled down yesterday when when they had a bit of a dip in the stock so my position is seven bucks I bought a hundred shares and I think they're probably going to um, pop a little bit on on the news that was released today but it'll be nice to see their actual data on the poster and uh, and see what other things they looked at regarding diabetes and their drugs so this is an idea that uh, that I think these guys hold potential for and we'll see so they the amount of cash they have right now is uh, it's enough to get them through the next year or so. Where is it? So I think they have around 90 million bucks in cash at the end of uh, Q1 of this year. So that's that's nice to see. I think uh, this data that they're going to show that's positive, they're they're going to have to do another round of funding or hopefully uh, sell the drug or something in order to to continue operations for up to 2020 so we'll see what they what they do from that but I think it's nice to see the positivity of this phase 2 data and we'll, we'll see whether or not they want to they want to try again the phase 3 or hand it off to somebody else alright so I wanted to also mention the tandem diabetes care news that came out this week so I uh, I talked about tandem uh, two weeks ago I think and I mentioned that I wasn't sure about taking a position at around 13 bucks which it's obviously misguided given that the stock is now trading at around 23. So two days ago, it was announced that the FDA approved their T-Slim X2 insulin pump with basal IQ technology. So this is pretty huge because this sets them apart from the competition. So one of the things that I mentioned was that their, their competitors had relatively comparable products before this approval, um, and that if they were able to integrate the Dexcom G6 technology to their new thing, it would be a huge leap forward because the calibration requires no finger sticks, which is super helpful for people who don't want to do it. And nobody wants to finger prick themselves to, to calibrate their continuous glucose monitor. So um, this is really huge for them. I think it's going to set them apart from the competition and it's going to definitely take a huge amount of market share away from uh, Medtronic, which is another, which is a big competitor for Tandem. Um, so the other thing that's pretty cool is that they, 
the update is going to be available to people who already have a device. So they don't have to buy a new device necessarily. Um, yeah, so so this is going to be also helpful to people and draw customers in because I know a lot of the other companies that are out there, they force you to buy an entirely new device every time there's an update, which is pretty annoying, as you can imagine. But these guys are relatively consumer friendly with that. So yeah, so they're, they're at 23 bucks right now, Tandem. And uh, I haven't taken a position. I'm kind of uh, tapped out with, with free cash. The position I took in Zapgen, I, I uh, sold some Fate Therapeutics. So we'll just uh, we'll talk about my portfolio now before we wrap up. But uh, Fate was looking at around 13 bucks, and I sold some of them in order to fund my Zapgen uh, purchase here. And I didn't sell Fay for any particular reason. I just I had a decent amount in in them already, and I noticed that they were doing pretty well. So I, I just I lowered my position by about seventy shares, and I bought the the Zapgen. But I think Tandem at this point is uh, is worth jumping into. Uh, you know, we'll see what goes on. I, I don't have any plans to buy any soon, but it looks like they're going to be able to be a, a big player in the space now. So just an overall look at uh, the portfolio here. Magical's still doing pretty good, hanging around 300 with those buyout rumors. I saw on some of my my Twitter feed that some uh, sweeps were looking, some option sweeps were, were looking at option activity for Magical in hopes that they're going to actually get bought out before the end of the year. So we'll see how that goes. I haven't sold or bought anything there. Um, these three are killing me right now. Amy and I don't know why they're down so much. And Atomist, it's there's no news going on, but they're they're down. So I don't know. I'm just holding strong. I still see a lot of potential with them. And uh, yeah, Gilead as well. Illumina doing well. Fate doing well. Uh, Spark doing well. So the the gene therapy companies are really killing it. And it's I think it's going to be really interesting how they how that technology pans out. I've been reading more about Bluebird, and I'm probably going to do a video on them if I don't get distracted like I was this week with uh, some diabetes stuff. But the, the gene therapy in isolated cells holds a ton of potential. And, you know, I'm not the first one to say this, and it's been around for a little bit, the technology already, but I think uh, the more this, this space develops, it's going to be pretty good. So uh, Fate is unique in this space because they, they're trying to do their own IPSC platform. So they want to make more of an off-the-shelf product, whereas Bluebird, you actually have to take the patient's own cells in order to do the gene therapy on them and then give them back to the patient. Fade is super unique in that they're trying to do um, induced pluripotent cells from, from one donor. They're expanding these cells and doing the gene modifications to them and then throwing them into any sort of patient. So they have a bit of an advantage there, even though Bluebird is obviously way more, um, is further along in their clinical trials with the specific diseases they've looked at. So I'm probably going to do something on Bluebird soon, suffice to say. But Spark is also in the gene therapy space. And yeah, so also my Bristol-Myers Squibb uh, position and Zafgen. We'll see what goes on. So overall, I'm a little bit ahead of XBI. Uh, S&P is still sort of chugging along, but nothing exciting to talk about there. Um, volatility is supposed to increase a little bit this week, so I'll keep an eye on that, but it's not it's not a significant amount. Uh, yeah. So with that, I'm going to wrap there. Thanks a lot, guys, for watching. Let me know what you think, if you're going to take a position on any of the companies. And uh, yeah, I was definitely wrong about Tandem, but I think uh, Zapgen's definitely got some potential. And with that, 
Uh, thanks a lot for watching. Please like, subscribe, let me know what you think in the comments, and I'll see you guys next time.